I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Chasing Life. Three out of four U.S. adults are considered overweight or have obesity. 75% of Americans. Dr. Fatima Cody-Stanford. Our weight is one factor that plays a role in our health. But by itself, it doesn't give us the full story of who we are. We have to look at our full person. Listen to Chasing Life, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just 348 With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. Executive Michael Lombardi. Now, here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the sports betting network. What's going on, everybody? Hello and welcome into the Lombardi line presented by BetMGM. I'm Stormy Bonatoni in Las Vegas. Michael Lombardi out at his set in the East Coast. And Michael, a little schedule shape, shake up this week. We're not used to having you on a Tuesday, but a welcome change. How are you? It's two Tuesdays in a row. Yeah, I'm ex- I'm great. You know, I mean, look, it's all good. We're we're enjoying it. Uh, it's uh, summertime. I mean, we're counting the days until the NFL season starts and uh, all the great things that are going to happen. Your wedding, you know, we're all looking forward to this. It's a big summer ahead of us, Stormy. We're, we're really excited for it. Certainly is. Things are happening and we'll have plenty to cover today on the show with the NFL. Uh, a number of headlines coming in as well as just prop markets that I feel like are popping up every single day. We'll get into a little NBA as well. Your good friend Tate Frazier of The Ringer is going to join us, talk all things NBA draft, which is coming up. This Thursday, just a couple days away, and we'll get our guy Will Hill like we do every Tuesday here on the show, his daily picks and some futures as well. But um, let's start with the NFL today, Michael, because it seems like this is something we've talked about like almost every single day for the last week with Stefan Diggs and the Buffalo Bills. But the more we talk about it, the more what we thought seems to be rooted in reality, especially with a recent report coming out from the Boston Globe. Ben Volin reporting a source close to the Bills locker room shared that Diggs' frustration has, in fact, stemmed from his role in the offense and his voice in play calling, which is something that we've talked about a lot. And all of this going back to last week when head coach Sean McDermott first said he was very concerned about not having Diggs out there on the field. He walked that back the next day saying that it was excused and that he considered all of the issues resolved. What I keep on walking back to with this situation, Michael, is that with Diggs, if this is something that really has been on his mind since dating back to last season. And I I even went back and looked at that interview a lot of people have talked about when he went on Dan Patrick during the Super Bowl and was talking about how the back half of the season, we just weren't as dynamic as a team and we had missed opportunities, whether it was in situations that they were utilizing him not only in that final game of the season, but that back half of the year. 
And so if he's had these issues that were stemming from that far back, and it's been four months now since the season ended, why is this just now being addressed? And over a 24-hour period, McDermott says, oh, yeah, it's, it's good now. I consider this issue resolved. Well, I think it's a timeline thing, Stormy. So, you know, at the end of the season, people voice their frustrations, right? So they lose a home game to Cincinnati. You know, in that game, he had 10 targets. He had four catches for just 35 yards. So, you know, there was no impact that he had on the game, even though he had 10 targets. The week before, he had nine targets and seven catches. So, you know, I think so. Once the season's over, there's a lot of pro look, here's what we're going to do in the offseason. We're going to change this. We're going to do this. You know, we're going to move some things around. Kind of that's the conversation. Then when you get to the OTAs or you get to the mini camps, if that doesn't manifest itself to an actual plan, to an mm -hmm. actual redesign, then you're going to have some consternation. And I think that's probably where we are. You know, as you mentioned, my first initial reaction was contract. And then you said, no, no, he had a 22 contract. Okay, you're right. No contract. So it has to be this, mm -hmm. right? It has to be, look, I'm the best receiver. I got to get the football. I should have more targets than ever before. And I want to see my role within this offense. And I, and I think that's kind of where he's coming from. And that's the challenge that Dorsey has. That's the challenge that, that you have to go through with these receivers because, you know, he had 154 targets last year in the regular season. He had 108 catches. You know, I, I think that's going to be something that's really important to handle. So knowing how important he is to this offense and to his quarterback, I mean, he had 60 more receptions and nearly 600 more yards than their second wide receiver in Gabe Davis here. Do you view this as a small bump in the road or, or are there bigger problems afoot with this offense and with this team? Well, I think a lot of it comes down to the coordinator, right? So one thing we do know about the Buffalo offense is he wants the football. And defensive coordinators know that accordingly. So they roll the coverage to Diggs, and they basically double Diggs with some form of high-low coverage, and they take their chances with Gabe Davis on the other side. And without a slot receiver, they weren't as worried. That's why the McKenzie experiment, which was good two years ago, failed this year. That's why they brought back Cole Beasley. So what happens is a good coordinator, a good offensive play caller, a good schemer finds a way to get his best player the football. And that's on Dorsey. Because you can sit there and say, well, he's doubled. I mean, Justin Jefferson's doubled all the time. They get him the football. Travis Kelsey's doubled all the time. They get him the football. Devontae Adams is doubled all the time. They get him the football because he's never going to be in one place. And you're going to move him around. It's hard to double guys that move from inside out, outside in. And it becomes a little bit of a challenge. And the offensive coordinator's got to respond to that. Now, Dorsey, the pressure's on Dorsey. That's that's going to be the key. He's got to be able to handle that. His yardage prop set at 1,125 and a half receiving yards. Uh, his over under for receiving touchdowns eight and a half after having 11 last year. And this Bills team nine to one, the Super Bowl odds third on the odds board to win it all. Um, and with that win total set at 10 and a half too, it seems like and granted third on the odds board, they're still obviously considered among the top contenders, but it seems like in general, the expectations for this team just feel a little bit lower than they have been in years past. Do you see that? Yeah, I do. I don't see a sense of belonging in their team. I don't see a sense of like, hey, we're all in this. You know, we have the conversation I mentioned about Leslie Frazier leaving over play calling duties, which is completely true. 
you know, people in Buffalo can spin it any way they want. That's the reality. No, McDermott can spin I, it any, I any way he wants. I wanted to tell you, too, um, I heard Ian Rappaport on McAfee yesterday saying that he heard a lot of the same things that you did corroborating that thought process with Leslie Frazier and Sean McDermott as well, just to cement that further. Yeah, I, I'm not worried about that being incorrect. I know that yeah. as a fact. So I'm very comfortable no matter how many people call me an idiot on Twitter. So I'm really good the about Twitter that. Uh, you know, so you've got that issue. You've got how do we get him the football? I mean, this guy had 1,400 yards last year. His prop is set at 1,100. Yep. You would think people would be all over that, right? Yep. But let's put things in perspective. He had 200-yard games after week eight of the season. Mm -hmm. One of them was the last game of the season against the Patriots. You know where he made a. You know he he had had a had a big play yards after the catch. So I think to me there is a lot going on here. I, I was not impressed with Dorsey's adjustments during the season. I think they kind of manifested themselves off of the day ball offense. But once it started to have to adjust, I didn't see the same things that happened that under day ball. Yeah, it's certainly something to monitor going into this season and during training camp. Uh, another news item over the last 24 hours, Michael, Dalvin Cook went on the uh, the Adam Schefter podcast, told Shefty that he would love to team up with DeAndre Hopkins wherever the free agent wide receiver lands, quote, if we end up on the same roster, that would be something epic for the NFL. Epic, maybe realistic or likely. I'm not so sure, Michael, but what yeah, did you make I, of the I, comments? I mean, that's that's going to take about $25 million of cap room to get both those guys on the team, assuming they want they get the market value of what they want, not the market value, about what they really want. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't know. I think that's a little wishful thinking, if you will, Stormy. I mean, one thing, again, it's player and cap number. You can't separate the two, right? Can Hopkins get 15 on a one-year deal like Odell Beckham had? I don't know. We're going to spend a lot of time talking about it. I doubt that happens. I really do. I don't see – if somebody's not willing to do it today, I don't think by July they're going to be willing to do it. And the only way you get a player to take less is through time. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, you said it. Hopkins certainly at least seeking – 15 or close to that number, knowing what OBJ got. Dalvin Cook and his camp already saying that they're looking for at least nine. Whether or not he gets that is to be determined for DeAndre Hopkins. The Patriots, who we've talked about a lot over the last handful of days, are now the favorite in the odds on DraftKings for where Hopkins will end next at even money. And so kind of because of that and because he just had that recent visit up in Foxborough and the one-on-one -on -one with Bill Belichick, because of the stuff that's come out with Cook over the last 24 hours and his desire saying how cool it would be to play with Hopkins, the Patriots are a team that people are saying, what if Cook and Hopkins could both end up in New England? And that quite, at least to me, and you obviously know that organization and Bill better than anybody, that's where it would seem the most likely for the two of them to come together. Well, they would have to borrow next year's cap. One thing about the Patriots, they have probably the most cap room going into the 24 season next year of any team in the league. They've got a really good young team, so I don't think they're really in, in any trouble there. Uh, and they would have to borrow on next year. Look, I think Cook would be a great addition to the to the Patriots to go along with Armando Stevenson. Mm -hmm. Would give them that one-two punch. You know, sometimes he's the nickelback, sometimes he's the main back. Stevenson can be a nickelback, then he can be the power back. So to me, I think that's a deadly combination. You know, and I'm not sure they have 
a backup runner? Is Pierre Strong able to do it? Is Kevin Harris able to do it? I'm not there yet on both those players. They've got to prove it. You know, Pierre Strong had a wonderful game against the Cardinals on Monday night. Late in the year, he had the long run, caught a screen, all those things. However, that being said, it's a lot more. Protection is what determines a great nickel back. Is Strong going to be good enough in protection? I don't know. But I think Cook could really help the Patriots. Yeah, and uh, Ramondre Stevenson, nearly 1,500 yards last season. So a great one-two punch, as you mentioned, if possible. Miami's still the team that, according to the odds board, is the expected landing spot, plus 125 favorite for Dalvin Cook to end up with the Miami Dolphins, even, even with the Mike McDaniel comments last week. His press conferences always throw me for a freaking loop, Michael. The I, His version of saying I wasn't born yesterday, and it wasn't even his birth. Like, he didn't even get his own birthday right. Did you notice that? No, I, I, I tend not to listen to him because, I, I mean, it's a little bit, you know, he's I mean, I think quirky. Yeah, he's a character. I, I, I you know, look, I, 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 he doesn't really make me feel like he's in command of anything. You know, and as a leader or somebody who values leadership, I'm, I'm looking for that for guys. That pre- like Mike Tomlin talks at a press conference, I'll stop what I'm doing. Yeah. I'm going to list. I feel bad you know, saying this. I want to hear him. I feel bad saying this, but when McDaniel was with the 49ers, you didn't have to hear him very often. So I didn't really notice. And now that he's on yeah. the big stage as a head coach and you're always listening to his press conferences, like what in the world are you talking about, dude? Okay, we got to take a quick <laughs> break here. Um, the offseason drama and trade rumors around Zion Williamson are picking up. What's on Michael's mind as it pertains to the oh, young star? Yeah. We'll dive into that, that next. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Chasing Life. Three out of four U.S. adults are considered overweight or have obesity. 75% of Americans. Dr. Fatima Cody-Stanford. Our weight is one factor that plays a role in our health, but by itself, it doesn't give us the full story of who we are. We have to look at our full person. Listen to Chasing Life, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. 
This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. It's time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM has all your favorite wagering options along with in-game betting, boosted odds, specials, and more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the Strip with your state-issued ID. Open up an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call one 800 522-4700. The NBA draft is just two days away. And with that, a lot of talk about the New Orleans Pelicans and their potential to trade up from 14 and trade their star in Zion Williamson. Michael, I know this is a subject you are very passionate yeah. about. So what's on your mind? What intrigues you most about this situation with Zion? Uh, this is the hardest place to be in sports is you, you recognize a player's talent right? You recognize his ability. And as a coach, that ability doesn't always show up. And out of 308 games he's been eligible to play, he's only played in 114, right? Mm -hmm. And so all the people that say you can't trade him haven't really coached him. And there's always an excuse for why he can't get back on the court. I mean, this is a team that fit, was in third place in the West when he was healthy. Pulls a hamstring. Never to be seen again and the rest of the year. I'm sure Willie Green, the head coach there, is probably saying, what can I do? Everybody who says you can't give up on him, he's too talented, has never been fired from dealing with a player that's talented that never plays. The people like myself that have counted on players that can't come through, we take the adage of what Bill Parcell says, which is simply when a player shows you who he is, believe him. Mm -hmm. And so – all this conversation, it's driving me crazy because the defenders of Williamson don't, don't understand what it takes to build a team. You can't have him as your leader if he's not going to be in shape and he's not going to work the hardest. I mean, Kobe Bryant says it so well. Why would I pass the ball to a guy that shows up five minutes before practice starts and leaves five minutes after? Like, why would I do that? So, like, I think New Orleans is at the point where, okay, it's over. Part two, everybody says maybe his behavior is because he doesn't want to play in New Orleans. Okay, then why did he sign the five-year extension, Stormy? Yeah. Yeah, five years, $200 million nearly, um, that contract extension he took last season. Um, and he wouldn't sign that if he didn't want to be there. They wouldn't sign him to that if they didn't believe that he could be a cornerstone type of a player still. And I think that's where – the people from the outside looking in, Michael, continue to look at potential. And you talked about how good the Pelicans were when he was on the court. Like, you have to be fair to him from that standpoint that he is an incredible talent when he's out there on the court. But the old adage is the best ability is availability for a reason. And if you're continuously not available and on the court for your team, then where is your value? And that's where we keep on getting to this issue. And you talk about the injury history playing only 114 games. He's, that means he's missed 194. Um, the injuries are numerous, as we had on the screen a, a moment ago. The right knee, um, the meniscus. He even had problems with his knee, by the way, in high school and in college. The hand, the right foot that kept him out for an entire season. And then the infamous hamstring that you referenced, where remember the quote, Zion didn't feel like Zion. And 
what's interesting to me about his situation is that like you can be a you can be a pro without being a professional. And that's kind of how I feel about Zion is that like he's a pro basketball player. He's in the NBA and he's very, very, very talented. But the preparation, the training, the diet, you talk about that contract, Michael. He has a clause in his contract that he can't that he has like a weight clause that he can't be right. over 295 pounds like that to me just shows you right away that the team doesn't even like that the team realizes how big of an issue that is with him. You know, and that's the problem. I mean, when you criticize a player of Zion Williamson's skill set, people think you don't respect his talent. Oh, no, no, I respect his talent. I respect his game. The problem is I don't respect, as you said, his professionalism to the game. And I think anybody who sits there and says, oh, you got to be, you can't give up on him. Here's what happens. Here's what would happen. If you gave up on him and traded him to another team, let's say you traded him to uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves, where he's the still the alpha male. He may have one good year and everybody will write a thousand articles about yeah. what an idiot the Pelicans are for trading him. But once he has people back on his side, he's going to revert back to who he is. <laughs> the only way this player ever becomes better than he needs to be is when he goes to a team that already has an alpha male. When he goes to a team like the like the Golden State Warriors, where they can demand from him because they demand of themselves. That's the same problem with Embiid. That's why Embiid needs Jimmy Butler next to him. That's why Zion would be would need a Jimmy Butler because he's not going to tolerate him taking six months off for a hamstring. It's hard to have your best player be the laziest player mm -hmm. on your team. For sure, and but that exact scenario, Michael, is I think why. Um, there's that fear, right, of being the guy with egg on your face if Zion goes somewhere else and then has a ton of success, even if it is just that one year and it's a short-lived thing. Like, that's – you feel like you'd be kicking yourself if you lost out on the guy that he could be, right? But um, right. he – as far as things go with the draft right now, the, the Pelicans reportedly would want Scoot Henderson to be the guy, which would mean they would have to trade up likely to two to the Charlotte Hornets in this year's draft, but the Hornets probably, at least from what I'm hearing and reading, they wouldn't want Zion. They would want Brandon Ingram. It's the trailblazers that would be more interested in Zion, but would Scoot Henderson be available there? So I'm really, really curious to see how all this is going to play out come Thursday because yeah. your guy Bill Simmons from the ringer specifically reporting that a reliable source of his did tell him that Zion's not going to be on the Pelicans come Thursday. I think the Pelicans have had enough. And who could blame them, right? Who could? That's my point about that's what's got me on the edge. And yeah. I don't understand why people don't recognize why the Pelicans are frustrated. Like, he may go somewhere else and have a good year. He's never going to have a long career. He's already told us that. His, his inability to want to get into shape, he's already declared who he is. So don't just grade the spikes. Grade the whole entire career. Mm -hmm. Charlotte would be the worst place for him to go. I mean, that team, you know, has got so many off the – there's no discipline. There's no accountability on that team. Uh, I mean, I, I stayed at a hotel in Milwaukee that was apologizing for the air quality in their hotel because the Hornets had just stayed there. Oh, no. You know, wonder what they were doing in that hotel, right? Oh, so there's a lot of issues that go around the Charlotte Hornets that I think are, are problematic. That he would be, that would be the worst place for a guy like Williamson to go. That would be the best place for New Orleans to send him because they would be guaranteed he would never really achieve his full potential. They're I, six hundred to one issue. right now to win a title for a reason. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a, you know, so I think we get so caught up in this potential. You know, I was talking to a guy in the NBA 
and I asked him, who, what side of the fence is he on on this co conversation? He said, well, I, I think it's hard. And he said, we have a coach here who thinks we should go get him. And I'm like, but that coach has never been fired before for a player with potential. Mm -hmm. Like, you only develop this layer of believing a player when you see him after you've gotten fired. But I'll tell you a story. We had Charles Woodson at the Raiders. And Woodson was an incredibly talented player. There's no question. But there was a period that Charles would admit to you today that he wasn't the best version of Charles Woodson based on his off-the-field behavior. And when he went to Green Bay, and signed kind of a lower contract because he was having a hard time getting traction because of his performance in, in Oakland. So many holding calls, so many grabs and pulls that he stopped the off-the-field behavior, and he got himself in order, and he got his life back in order, and he became the talented player. That's what's going to have to happen to Zion. And he's only 23 years old, so you would hope that given how young he is, that he's still moldable in a way that he can improve and that he can get to that person um, and fix things. And, I mean, the off-the-court stuff is real, too, whether it be with his teammates or everything that's going on with social media right now that I know that the organization does not like and what's happening with him off the court in addition to the basketball side of things. So he's got a lot going on in his life, um, and you just you you hope – for his sake and knowing the generational talent that he could be, that he starts to like realize the importance of being in shape and being a part of a team. But why does he have to, Stormy? Yeah. He's going to get $200 million for five right? years. Why does he have to? <laughs> yeah. Like, why does he have to have that wake-up call? Woodson had to have the wake-up call because the contracts weren't guaranteed. Where where does fear do the work of reason for Williamson? No, you're – I, you're right. I, there's no rebuttal to that because other than you would just hope internally and like knowing the public perception of you being a bust would be enough to have that wake up call. But perhaps not. Um, we there's another I, there's another basketball topic I wanted to get in with you with Draymond Green. So maybe we can live that um, in this sure. next segment here because he declined his twenty seven and a half million dollar player option, but the Warriors still look like the most likely landing spot for him. So curious your opinion on that. As well as like I mentioned earlier, there are some some new prop markets that are opening up every single day in the NFL. So maybe some different ways that we can attack some of those things as well. We will be Back on the Lombardi line in a moment, but I know this was what's on Michael's mind, what's on my mind. Did you see the Jello shots thing at the College World Series? <laughs> yeah. No, uh, is that, if not, I'll have to show you in the break because that was that was what was on top of my mind. Just goes to show that you are obviously the, the Jello more. shots, absolutely for <laughs> sure. I have no life. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. It's always football season here at VSEN, which is why we're giving you our 2023 NFL guide early. Coming out June 29th, our NFL betting guide will help you get ahead of the upcoming NFL season with in-depth profiles of every team, including advanced stats, proven betting systems, and proprietary betting trends, plus Best bets on season win totals, futures, and props. Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today for as low as $19 and reserve your copy of the guide. Or you can take advantage of our summer kickoff special where you get access to everything we do here at VEASAN through the Super Bowl for only $175. Sign up today at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. And Michael, because I mentioned that Jello shot comment so off the cuff at the end of the segment, I feel like I need to give a little bit more context for this. But if anybody Please? hasn't seen this, 
Every year at the College World Series, this place called Rocco's does like a jello shot competition with the fans of all of the teams that are in the College World Series. And while LSU was already blowing out all of these other teams with how many jello shots they had purchased and consumed, the owner and CEO founder of Raisin Canes, uh, which is based in Baton Rouge, so big LSU fan, he went down to Rocco's and bought like a bajillion of them at once just to boost that number even more. So LSU has like 21,000 plus jello shots, and this is before yesterday's game. So it is wild out there in Omaha, my friend. Yeah, it is. I mean, that's great. I, I, I love it. You know, why not? If not now, when, Stormy? Exactly. It's a beautiful thing. I've enjoyed the College World Series, though. It's fun. LSU, by the I, way. I love the College World Series. I do. I love it. I think it's awesome. It's it's really interesting baseball. I mean, you know, the the the, the you know, I, I'm not a big fan of the aluminum bats, but I think it's yeah. awesome that they play and, you know, and, and there's so much kind of intrigue behind it. And some of these kids, just remarkable talents. I mean, it really mm -hmm. is. I feel like that's always the big critique for a lot of the casual fans is like, why are they using those bats? Uh, but like you said, the games themselves are really, really fun. We have two elimination games today. The first one, TCU and Oral Roberts coming up right after we wrap today. And then LSU and Tennessee um, coming up at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 Eastern as well. But let's keep it going with the NBA, Michael, because former Defensive Player of the Year Draymond Green yesterday declined his $27.5 million player option. He's set to become an unrestricted free agent July 1st, and we'll listen to offers. Brian Windhorst of ESPN said today he and the Warriors had productive conversations about moving forward together in Golden State, but no deal is in place right now. So the, the Warriors are a minus 170 favorite to have Draymond come back um, next year. Regardless of the landing spot, though, it feels like this is kind of the last hurrah for Draymond to get that big contract, though, right? Yeah, I think so. And, and look, I, I think as much as they love Draymond, I do think the the, the, the confrontation that they had on their team as they all admitted after the after the playoffs that it didn't really help their team and it kind of put, fractured their team. And Mike Dunleavy, the new general manager, is going to have to figure out how to repair that fracture. Bob Meyer is no longer the general manager, so they're going to have to kind of go through a little bit of a change. And, you know, it's not surprising that Draymond opted out because obviously players, when they have that player option, if they always think they're going to make more money in the open market – and the agents, you know, are, are basically in tune to the market to let them know that, oh, yeah, there's more out there. We should opt out. It's the same thing that, you know, Harden's going to do in Philadelphia, opt out, whether he can get the four-year max, that remains to be seen. Yeah, and the relationship, like you mentioned, with the general manager is a little bit different. Bob Myers, who's no longer there, is the GM that drafted Draymond back in 2012. So this is kind of the big first decision, I feel like, this offseason for Dunleavy to see ultimately what they go ahead and do. Draymond Green is 33 years old. He's still an elite defender, but hard to imagine, you know, you get another three-year contract or whatever it is that you're still going to be playing at that level at 36 years old. So um, an important move. We know that he's a heart and soul type of a player. He certainly gives his all. Steve Kerr has said a number of times the Warriors aren't the Warriors competing for titles moving forward without Draymond. So it's hard to imagine him not in, in Golden State, but obviously all options are going to be on the table. Um, do you think that that's where he should end up based on just what you've seen and how you know this dynasty has gone for Golden State? I think it's Golden State's call. I think Dunleavy's got to make the decision. Has he kind of gone past the point of where he helps us? Is he now starting to hurt us? Because there's, you know, look, the last year they won the title. 
there was in that Boston series, there was those technicals that got called on him that, you know, he was actually hurting his team. He wasn't helping his team. Yep. I think you have to kind of remove the past to get through the present, right? So you have to forget about what he's brought to the table in the prior years. It's where are we going in the next three years. And if we do this, I think this whole conversation about the Phoenix Suns where they have these five max contracts, right? Now, there's a report that they tried to put Aiton in the deal and Washington didn't want him. And so that's why they ended up with the Chris Paul trade. But this new CBA limits how many of these right. guys you can have. I mean, I don't know where Phoenix is going to fill out their roster. And it's the same thing with Golden State. How do they improve if they max out Draymond? And where are they going, especially considering they turn the ball over at too much of a, of a rapid rate? And defensively, they were not the same team last year. Yeah, and what you said right off the top, too, about the incident in the preseason with Jordan Poole and how that kind of affected their dynamic in general throughout the course of the season, I think is important because, yeah, you're you're supposed to be a veteran leader, but then something like this changes kind of the trajectory of who you are as a group. Um, you mentioned DeAndre Ayton and, and the Suns. What did you make of the Sham Sharania um, report that teams have been calling about his trade availability in general? Because we talked a lot yesterday about the Suns' need for depth and getting Ayton off of the books would certainly help them be able to get more pieces. you you got to believe that the Suns felt like they could trade Ayton if they got Beal. You cannot believe that the Suns feel like they're going to carry Aiton along mm -hmm. without using his money as a resource to go and, and figure out a way to complete this roster. Because right now, they are the Los Angeles Rams. They have three or four really good players, and they don't have any depth. I mean, the Rams carried, for the most of the season, they had to carry below the 51 limit because they were so cap strong. And it's the same thing with the Phoenix Suns. And we know this about winning titles in any sport. You need depth. You need your young players to come through for you. So I, I got to believe that Phoenix is smart enough to believe that they could trade Aiton. Now, you know, Monty Williams has been reported as saying, whether it's true or not, Jay Crowder, he didn't, you know, he was a hard time coaching him. And he was violently against bringing Aiton back and matching that offer sheet mm -hmm. from Indianapolis, from Indiana. So, you know, there's obviously a, a, a disconnect between front office and coaching at Phoenix that perhaps – you know, is going to get straightened out now that Frank Vogel is going to be the new head coach. I guess what I found interesting in the verbiage from the Shams report was that people were calling the Suns about him because I thought that, if anything, the Suns would be the ones that are trying to call and try yeah. to move this. Doesn't that smell like a little bit of the one where people are calling the 49ers on oh, but we're, Yeah, we're picking up the phone, but we're not making the calls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Didn't it, didn't it kind of feel like that to you? Very like, much oh, yeah, so. people are calling on Trey Lance. I mean, no, please call on, on Aiton. Please call on Trey Lance. We would be welcome to have that phone conversation. I, I keep going back to with regard to the Suns in the postseason where you needed – like historic performances from Kevin Durant and Devin Booker to get those wins because they just weren't able to have other role players and supplemental players step up in, in certain moments to have them win when the expectations bringing in KD were so high. Now you bring in Bradley Beal and all of the scoring potential, but where's the defense going to come from? If somebody yeah. gets hurt with all of these injury-prone players, where do you go from that standpoint? So the Suns plus 650 in the championship odds down from plus 850 prior to the Beal trade. The Denver Nuggets, though, are your favorite at plus 475 to repeat as the NBA champions after taking home their Were first franchise Were you surprised the odds went down, Stormy? I was kind of surprised that I know Beal's a big name, but 
I was surprised that the bets, the Suns went, you know, I mean, the Bucks are, are below them. I was really surprised by that. I was surprised because they only have five players. I know. <laughs> That's what surprised me that the number gets cut down. I really worry that that making a trade like that could be detrimental to what they're trying to do in the future because it just, it seems like going all in to win now is, and then like if they, if they don't win, because that's what the Rams go all in. Right. But at least they won. At yeah. least they got that. Like, that's I don't right. have the confidence that the Suns can do that. No, I don't either. I don't, nor do I have the confidence that these other teams that are trying to go all in. I mean, you know, Philly went all in with Harden, you know, mm -hmm. and that's why there's so much controversy around. Can they get past the second round? I mean, Nick Nurse has got his work cut out for him mm -hmm. because, you know, if they do bring Harden back, which someone in the league told me it's all signs are looking that he will resign in Philly, that how do they improve this team? What do they do? Yeah, um, all signs, by the way, also, according to reports, Dame Lillard, he's a minus 215 favorite. Uh, to stay there with the Portland Trailblazers. Do you think that's true? Yeah, I do. I mean, I think that, look, Portland's got a nice draft pick. I mean, why can't Portland be closer than, than why would they have to tank? I, I think, to me, that's going to be the key. Whether Chauncey Billups is the right coach, I don't know. But I do think that they have a chance. I mean, look, they got the third pick in the draft. You know, that player should be someone that could learn from Lillard and become a develop into a star. The Miami Heat there, plus 140, the next shortest shot to get Lillard. And they're certainly holding out hope after they did not get Bradley Beal, who now is with the Phoenix Suns. We're going to step aside. You're, you're, um, you're, what, what do we call Will Hill now? Is he like the general uh, manager I mean, of I all think sports? Really, it's just one word. An expert of all. Yes. The, our expert of all. The polygon himself. Will Hill coming up next on the program. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning. 
It's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni on VSEN, the sports betting network. Turn a loss into a win with BetMGM, the official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. Place the same game parlay wager with at least four legs on any MLB game. If all the legs of the parlay hit but one, you'll get your stake back in bonus bets up to 25 bucks. Only at BetMGM, the best place to bet on baseball. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 and older only to wager new and existing customer offer. All promotions subject to qualification and eligibility requirements rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets bonus bets expire seven days from issuance please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in DC Mississippi Nevada and New York welcome in to the Lombardi line great friend of the show Will Hill VEASAN contributor and betting analyst joins us every week here on VEASAN the sports betting network Will what is going on today my guy how are you not too much. It's a, it's a fun time of the year. It's a little quieter, but before you know it, we're going to have football here less than two months till the Hall of Fame game. So uh, it, it gets here before before you might know it. It's uh, right around the corner here. Well, we, we, we always yeah. joke about how like slow this time of year is typically, but there's so much drama, especially going on in the NBA right now. Are you following all this? Yeah, I mean, it's a good thing and a bad thing for the NBA. It's almost like their uh, their offseason is sometimes more interesting than their definitely than the regular season and sometimes maybe even more interesting than the playoffs. So uh, who knows how much of it is rumor and, and how much of it's true. I mean, uh, this Bam to Portland stuff does not make a lot of sense to me. I don't know. Like, he's a good player, but you put Lillard and Bam, you just go all in, and that's your duo for the next five years. I don't know what that gets you. So that's one that just doesn't seem to pass the smell test for me, and I don't know why Miami would do it. So I don't know if I'm buying that one. How, are you buying the uh, Are you buying the Bradley Beal to Phoenix trade? I mean, what's your view on that trade, and why do you think the number moved from eight fifty to six fifty with when they only have five players currently under contract in Phoenix? Yeah, I think it's a reflex where people see a big move and they just want to beat the book to the punch and just get the best number. They oh, it's going to move. Let me just bet it now. And sometimes they bet it without even thinking. I, I get it. He's a he's a pretty good player. You're going to add him for nothing. I think he is going to look a little differently as a one. As a, as a three as opposed to a one. And he's going to get a lot of open shots if he can keep those guys on the court with Durant and Booker. He's going to get a lot of open looks now. He hasn't played a lot of games the last few years. He hasn't been a great shooter. Uh, maybe he he plays a different role here on a winning team where he's not the primary option. He's not even the secondary option. So, look, does it make them the favorite? No, Denver's still the favorite, but you got him basically for nothing. I know you have to pay the contract, but if you look at what they gave up, I mean, you basically swapped the 39-year-old Chris Paul for a, a much younger player, a guy that can shoot and at least give you some size. Obviously it's not a complete roster. We don't, it, it's really an incomplete picture now mm-hmm. with that team. You're going to have to hit the buyout market. You need a point guard. You need a bunch of wings. You need guys that can rebound. You need a lot and you don't have a lot of ways of getting it, but I guess their hope is they get a bunch of guys that are veterans that are looking to chase a ring that they can add for low cost. Yeah. You got nearly $170 million next year alone tied up in three players. So it's, you know, it'll be an interesting situation. Nobody can deny the offensive firepower that they're going to have out there on the court, but who else will be joining them on the court is all the, the questions that still need to be answered. As far as the NBA draft goes, uh, we're just a couple of days away now. Coming up on Thursday, we know Victor Wembanyama is going to go number one overall to the San Antonio Spurs. But beyond that, whether it be Scoot Henderson 
or Miller out of Alabama or trades in the top three. There's still a, a lot of question marks. So uh, there's obviously draft markets available from a betting perspective. What have you looked into most as it pertains to Thursday's options? Yeah, I've taken it easy. I think the the word you're kind of mentioning is the correct word. That's uncertainty. We really don't know after Webb and Yama what's going to happen. I'm starting to get the sense that it is scoot at two with the you know the strong character. You get him in the building, and not only the athleticism, but he he commands the room. Hard worker, says all the right things. There's a presence where you bring him in, and, and he can change your culture into a winning culture. So I do think he's going to go two, especially when you match him up with Miller with the off the uh, off the court concerns some teams might have. So I think at three, it gets interesting. I, I did take a stab at Miller to go four. Uh, I think it's around the 15 to one range. I think he's a guy that could slip. I think it's more likely he goes three than he doesn't. But if you look at three, if Portland keeps the pick, um, it doesn't really make sense here. They're going to have to either trade Dame or trade the pick because if you, you pair Lillard, who's what, 33 now, and to pair him with a 20-year-old, I don't think that makes a lot of sense. Uh, so I think you kind of have to choose your lane here if you're Portland. Are you going to rebuild, trade Lillard, and build around Scoot or whoever you pick at number three, um, or Miller at number three, or do you just you know uh, trade that pick for a veteran? Uh, so I think that at three, this thing can get uh, a little bit wonky here where maybe they trade the pick, and then once they trade the pick, who knows? And then, again, you throw in the off-the-court concerns with Miller. Is it impossible? He slides down to four. I don't think, again, I don't think it's likely, but I don't think it's impossible. So uh, I think taking a stab here at Miller to slip is, is at least – Worth a, a little bit of a bet if you just want some skin in the game to sit there on draft night and have something to bet on again. There's not a lot of information coming out. I think the fact that these NFL guys have gotten in trouble for betting has made information harder to get because some of these guys you get sources from in the NBA that you know that leak stuff, they don't want to get in trouble. So I think everyone's been tight-lipped, and we don't really know what we're going to get Thursday after one and maybe even two. Yeah, I mean, they, all the insiders have kind of been quiet on the front, so – but we do know that there is a lot of smoke around Zion. And I know you said you're not buying him to Portland, but where do you think he would be a good fit? And where are you on Zion? Stormy and I talked about it a, a block, a two blocks ago about, you know, are you going to take the talent and the potential or do you think he'll ever realize that? Yeah, no, I was saying I don't buy the BAM to Portland because I don't know that BAM and Lillard is enough to really, you know, move the needle uh, in terms of like being the championship team or even a contender, uh, when it comes to Bama, first of all, those tweets are, are certainly entertaining. Um, look, it, the NBA is about having a top three guy, a top five guy. It's very hard to win a championship without one of those guys. And even if you have a 10 or 15% chance of getting one of those guys, which I, I think it's Zion, with Zion now, uh, with his lack of availability, I think that's probably around the ballpark here where, you know what, is there a 15% chance he could be one of those guys? Maybe when he's on the court, he's very good, but he's just not on the court very much. Um, so I get somebody's going to be intrigued by the talent if they really do look to trade him, which uh, I know Bill Simmons said on his podcast that he heard from somebody reliably that he will be moved. I'm not sure what to believe. If somebody's going to take a chance on him, though, I, a team that I think would be interesting was Oklahoma City because they're young. They have a million picks. They literally have more picks than they can uh, spend on players because you can't put uh, all those first round picks into players. You got to offset them somehow. You got to consolidate them. So uh, would they take a chance on Zion for four or five future picks? That's one that I think at least makes some sense. According to a certain scorned woman's Twitter, he could be making his film debut before he plays a full season at this rate. So let's turn our attention to, um, you know, I mean, some the, less The last thing on that, though, 25, I mean, he's been in the league four years now, 25 games a year. I mean, that's so really bad. hard. 
to pull the trigger on that kind of trade. It's so bad. Like my dad always says, potential just means you haven't done anything yet. And that's yeah. what we see right now with the 23-year-old Zion Williamson. Let's go to less controversial topics in the NFL, starting with the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, buying or selling when it comes to the over on their eight and a half win total? I'm going to go over. Uh, if you notice, I like to give out a lot of unders. I think a lot of things can go wrong when you bet the over. So I s tend to lean towards the under, whether it's the player props or the season wins. Injuries can get you. A lot of things can happen to, to help you cash an under bet. But I'm going to go over here. It's eight and a half to me. This is this is a nine or ten win team. Uh, they get a couple of layups here with Arizona. The Rams might be a rebuild. You still get Washington. You get the Giants. You get the Titans. They've had a couple of good drafts in a row. They've had a couple of good off seasons in a row. Uh, to me, this is just a solid 9-10 win team. Uh, it's a really good home field, too, and especially when they're good, that home field is enhanced. You could say what you want about Pete Carroll. Sometimes the in-game stuff is a little debatable, but he's a he gets his team to compete and play hard. So to me, uh, you just look at him, and this is, to me is a 9-10 win team. How about I see you're down on Dabo Sweeney's Clemson team, under 10.5 this year. How come, Will? I just think this is a fork in the road moment for Clemson. This is not, I don't think they have the talent of the Trevor Lawrence years of the Watson years. He's been very adamant. He's not about the NIL. He's not about the transfer portal. And I think they're a good team. I just don't think they're a great team. I, I could easily see them losing two games, maybe even a third. Uh, so at 10, 10 and a half, I would go under here. And I just don't buy the quarterback. I, I know he's a lot of hype, Klubnik, but I haven't seen it. He did not play well in the Tennessee game in the bowl game last year. The reports from spring camp, from the uh, the spring game, his accuracy was a little shaky. His arm strength was a, is a little shaky. And I just think they have a good team. They don't have a great team. I mean, you look at the futures. They're 20 to 1 to win the national title. This is Clemson. They're the mm -hmm. second favorite in the ACC behind Florida State. I just think they've come down a rung where they're not on the same level as Bama, as Georgia. This is a good team. This isn't just the cream of the crop that we've seen from basically, you know, 2015 to 2019-20 where they were basically the classic college football. I don't think they're on that level anymore. Yeah, and back out of the college football playoff now, back-to-back -back seasons for the Clemson Tigers. Yep. Meanwhile, Florida State in the ACC been elevating their game uh, when it comes to the conference. Awesome stuff as always, Will. Really, really appreciate Thanks, you. Thanks, Will. All right, see you. Thanks for having me. They bounced back and won the ACC title last year, but... Uh, when it comes to this season, what are we going to get? Not so sure. Um, I'm excited that we're getting to that point, though, Michael, where, where we'll start talking a little bit more college football coming Got up to, in yeah. coming up in July. We'll get media days and we'll get a lot more um, sound coming from these different coaches and programs. So it's it's an exciting time where we can start looking at some of the numbers with futures. We are going to take a quick break here on the Lombardi line, but hour two coming up next. Uh, you won't want to miss it as we continue our NFL conversation. And we'll have great guest Tate Frazier coming up in, I believe, about 15 to a half an hour. Something like that. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. 
Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. 